0: Welcome everyone. Hi. So one of our uh, big teleconferences. Great to see everybody. Lots of people on. And um, I have a a topic I want to talk about right here at the front end that we haven't discussed of late. We're going to have a little roundtable discussion. So you know what I want to talk about today, which we haven't discussed in a long time, is um, dark, dark energy. I know it comes up always at workshops, um, but we hardly ever get a chance to talk about it uh, here at a teleconference, and pretty soon we start to think it doesn't exist. You know, I, I spent a whole um, quarter teaching about angels this year, which is the ultimate lightness, lightness of being, and, um, and unfortunately there's any, there, is, there is darkness, it is real. And so how can you be dealing with it in your own life or helping others Hi, Barbara. Uh, if, you, if you don't ever think about it and, and know how to recognize it and know how to categorize it? So let's kind of go to that for a moment. It's been, it's been a while, I think, that we've certainly since I've talked about it. And uh, let's talk about where evil starts. So it starts within the human psyche inside each one of us and, and that's the whole Adam and Eve parable and there's a parable like that in every religion by the way uh, a man coming to grips with the fact that um, he or she has a dark side and so we can't deal with it unless we can uh, find it in ourselves and you know when we when we when we're little and we're told that we are not lovable in some way by a caregiver We take that behavior and we push it down somewhere and we say to ourselves, well, I won't do that anymore because um, I'm not loved. I'm not loved when I behave that way. But we still have that need, that behavior, whether it was jealousy or um, the need, uh, greedy, you know, you want to play with all the toys and don't want to share, you know, whatever it might be. And the longer we do that, the less likely we are to ever acknowledge our own our own darkness and deal with it and so it starts to erupt in other ways when we don't deal with it and in, in fact every single one of us you know, has a shadow side um, yeah, um, isn't, it, isn't Bill Cosby a great example right now of a fully developed shadow side that's coming out of you know, apparently nowhere uh, Dr., Dr. Huxable was such an endearing character for so many years that most of us know and a lot of people are are just shocked. There was another article that just came out here just in the last couple of hours. Um, A a big celebrity has stepped forward. I I, um, don't know her name offhand, but um, definitely a very credible person has stepped forward and said that it happened to her back in the 60s. It's the same story, and she doesn't want anything. She's not trying to sue anybody or get any money. She just says, I feel the need to, you know, um, validate these women—the exact same story, being drugged—and so let's talk about him for a moment. He's a great example. Where did it come from, do you think? And let's let's uh, let's get our panelists um, all uh, live. Dina, if you would, and uh, Karen, what do you think?
1: Go ahead, Karen. get yeah, live. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, it reminds me a little bit. I know there's always a lot of discussion when politicians lead these, you know, dual lives. And I think people in the public eye develop a persona that they present to the world, which is a certain type of person, a certain way of being. And they somehow feel protected then that their private life can be whatever whatever they want it to be, uh, without exposure because they've got this public persona that represents them in the world. And it, I think that's, that's got to be what's happening with Bill Cosby. He's almost, it's almost schizophrenic to see Dr. Huxtable versus this guy drugging women on a regular basis. Um, but that element of power allows people to ignore the, um, uh, the potentially dark, evil things that they may be doing in their personal lives because they're able to rely on that public persona so much and people buy into it easily.
0: Very, very accurate. Well, who can you think of that, that matches that description? Uh, Kathleen, who who comes to your mind or Ruth, either one of you? Just thinking about other public figures, I mean I, I could name a whole slew. Um, it's not fair that they're all men. That that's, that's unfair, an unfair characterization, but that's who's coming to mind right now. Um, I mean, um, what about Clinton, for example? He, he you know, I mean, he, he was trying so hard to be, a, let's face it, a good husband, a good father, and, and, a, and a good uh, public figure. He was, you know, he was trying to do the best he could. And he did amazing things for the country. Um, but, you know, he, he was living out his dark side in, you know, his own little secret story. Who can name somebody else? It doesn't have to be uh, sexual, by the way. It can be anything. Preachers are, um, ministers are notorious for this because they have to look so perfect every Sunday. Imagine having to look that perfect. Oh. Yikes. Priests. Ministers' mm. wives. Yeah. <laughs> they get caught up in this, but so do we. We're just looking at the more extreme examples. Yeah, Ruth? I,
2: I was a minister's wife for 12 mm. years. How was it? You're not anymore, huh? Is that your answer? Uh, I had no idea what I was signing up for. Uh Uh-huh. I bet. I bet it's very Mm -hmm. rigorous. I couldn't be myself. Uh Uh-huh. And no one really wanted me to be myself. They wanted Uh this uh, special holy person. And then some interesting things happened because my husband uh, passed away. Uh, 12 years into our marriage, so I was like 33 years old, and uh, all of a sudden uh, men started hitting on me, pretty innocent, and these were clergy men hitting on me. (laughs) (laughs) Great story. You need love to add that. this
0: to your story because audiences will love to hear about this. It's just
2: sexy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One, and it wasn't really sexy. One of them was old enough to be my father, so but, it, I mean, wasn't even, nice story. it wasn't even flattering to me.
0: <laughs> it's easy to look at other people and see their dark side, isn't it? it? It's it's pretty hard to see our own. Hi, Hannah. Nice to see you. So it's uh, Karen and Kathleen and Ruth and Barbara. We're hoping to hear from Barbara any minute.
3: Can you hear me now? Oh, now we can. Good (laughs) deal. Good. So, let's hear from Barbara on
0: her thoughts on this topic.
3: Um, My thoughts were, I wasn't following what you were saying, but originally you said where the dark might come from and when you were mentioning Bill Cosby. and Uh I was just wondering if um, it didn't start early in his childhood. Totally with his, um, particularly his mom was the one that popped up in my mind, but it could have been either parent, and kind of that um, that lack of control, and this is his way of controlling things. Well,
0: and there's, a, you know, I, I can't comment. I've not worked with him personally, uh, nor would I comment publicly, but one could uh, hypothesize that there's a strong chance he may have been abused. Right. There is a pattern with this. People who are abusers, I've not yet seen an exception to this rule where I have not been able to track abuse in the perpetrator. Never have I not been able to. So again, I can't comment on him. Uh, I don't have that um, permission, but I would say there's a s- significantly high likelihood. Hannah, what do you think about where does it come from?
3: I, I, I believe that a pattern that has been passed down.
0: Right, I, I it comes a- down the been. family tree.
2: Yeah, one, it's hidden. One person can break it. One,
0: just one person. That's true. I'm, I'm trying to break a pattern. <laughs> you're trying to break a pattern. Sure. Yes. Yeah, not... yeah, we all yeah, are. Hopefully, it's... hopefully every single yeah. one of us has identified our own uh, shadow side. Multiple elements, of course. But hopefully, you're only working on maybe one at a time, or you'd be, get overwhelmed with your own. Uh, issues you don't want to be overwhelmed. you want to be positive about yourself. Uh, but there's you know always a strong chance that, 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 that there's one thing hopefully you're working on at a time. Um, and Hannah knows what hers are. Hey, Kathleen, but what about you? you? Are you working on a specific
4: item? I have been working. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. I have been working for a long time on stopping trying to stop the pattern of abuse. In my family of origin, uh-huh. and uh, it was a. I made a concerted effort when I had children to stop. So, uh, and of course, there's other things, but that's the one thing that that was a biggie for me not That's important.
1: Good on. for you, okay. Karen. What about you? Well, in in my family is um, uh, my ancestry is German and Polish, and there is always this very subtle. Um, sort of fatalism, I guess, on both sides of my family. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Da, where Martin Sheen goes back, his father in Ireland dies, and he goes back to settle his father's affair, and at one point he's he's sort of talking out loud to his, you know, now deceased father, and he said, you know, you sat in your briar patch and refused to leave for fear that someone would come and take your place. And that, that spoke to me very deeply about my family. This very subtle sort of, you know, you can get used to anything even if it's sort of crummy. Uh-huh.
0: Um, it's and, kind of living in a,
1: in a darker state or a negative state. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Certainly not a positive state. Certainly uh-huh. not a, a joyous state. And uh, th- that kind of influence can be very subtle, as I say. But, but once, you, once you see it in your own behavior, um, it's a little bit easier to address. Cause you uh-huh. don't. Something like that that you're raised with, you just don't realize most of the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the one element that I think is most prevalent in people and that leads them uh, to be less than their best self, I've always found to be jealousy. I don't know if uh, women are more prone to it. I think maybe we are, um, but but men can be. Jealous too, of course, but yeah, it seems to be, and it's the big elephant in the living room. No one ever wants to acknowledge it or talk about it. You know, it's like being oral. No one wants to be the oral person, the oral characterology. Well, no one ever wants to be jealous or you know admit to it. But it, you know, we're human. It's really common. Yeah, Barbara.
3: Um, I just um realized a family pattern in my family as um I was caring for my dad um before he was passing and I, I really felt this um kind of nudge from spirit that I um am the one to heal um what's going on and it, it my dad and his brother um didn't speak. I didn't know why and I didn't kind of want to know why um i see that with my sister one of my sisters and myself and um there is there is tension between us um and then my son and uh daughter as well um so that's kind of just fresh and new to me and at first i i wanted to say no i don't want to do this i don't want to be the one to to heal um this wound since it's a family wound but um but I'm realizing that I am the one. Um, I'm not uh-huh. sure what direction i think, I'm I think going everyone
0: to... on this call, like you, Barbara, is the one. Right. <laughs> well, really, I mean, look at the amount of consciousness you have to be taking a course like this, to be involved in this kind of self, uh, self-discovery self and self-assessment and self-work. Um, so, you you know, ch- chances are each of you in your own family are the one that, and it was going to be most instrumental in in changing the family dynamic, changing the family tree. You actually change the DNA is what happens.
3: I think the challenge that for me is I, I don't know that I know what to do to change uh-huh. it.
0: Well, I, I'm just open by to the, direction. Well, we should all acknowledge the fact that the one thing we need here is consciousness that <clears throat> once you can't change something you're not aware of. Everybody on this call has already said, oh yeah, I know what I'm working on. I know what issue I'm working on. And hopefully everyone participating can answer that question of what you're working on that's most pressing in your own um, you know, least, least attractive self. What do you most want to change? Um, and that is the key item is self-awareness. That in and of itself changes the family dynamic
1: just by being self-aware. Yeah, Karen. And, and a desire to face the light and be in the light. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, there, there. I think there are things that specifically need to be addressed in behavior sometimes, but sometimes it's just turning away from the darkness and facing the light. And uh-huh. that, that's a real choice on a daily basis. Yeah, good
0: point. And, you know, uh, let's do a little review because we have a lot of new people on the call and let's Give a shout-out to them and welcome all of our new participants. We're delighted to have you here. Um, But uh, uh, um, let's just think back on the different kinds of darkness or psychic attack and do a little review of our own. So the first one, you know, I always call slime. Um, And that's my own scientific term that I've given this. uh, I, I started to notice this when I was first involved in the energy healing field 30 years ago I I could feel this like gray sort of feels like a gray wet kind of blanket to me and I would track it in myself or others and I would see that it was from low-level psychic attack nothing huge Um, this is your classic you know ran into a you know jerk in the Starbucks line or somebody cuts you off on the freeway or someone uh, you you have a nasty email exchange with someone. You know it's just an unpleasant encounter, really. Uh, it, it it could be your, um, you know, your relative that you bump into once a week that just drains you and makes you feel exhausted. So what's what's what are some easy ways, you guys? You're all experts here. What are some easy ways to deal with slime? Yeah, go ahead, Kathleen.
4: Uh, to take a clearing bath. Of uh, a pound of sea salt uh-huh. and a pound of baking soda, and as water as warm as you can tolerate, and soak in it for at least 20 minutes. Yeah, great.
0: What are some um, uh, other ways of doing the very same thing that are not as handy?
2: Ruth? Uh-huh. Swimming, swimming in the ocean if you're able to do that. Yeah. I haven't done that in a while. How many people here are going to Hawaii?
0: (laughs) Just about almost everybody. Hannah, we wish you could come. And for those of you who are new, the seventh level of my course uh, uh, is is graced with a couple of exotic retreats. And our first one for seventh level only is just in what, two weeks, you guys? Something like that in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Because I haven't been swimming in the ocean since the last time I was in Hawaii, which was quite some time ago. So I'm very excited thinking about that. That'll be really, really fun. And I have chosen, just to segue for a minute, I have chosen a beach that is um, super safe. That, you know, unless they're having a hurricane, I'll be able to swim at. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I got completely distracted at the thought of swimming in the ocean. What are some other ways, Uh, besides, besides a bath, which is an easy way to do it, but swimming in an ocean, and why does that work, you guys?
2: Balances the energies.
0: It does what? It releases it. Balances the energies. Yeah, but what's the component in the water? When what? What about an ocean is like a bath? By the way, what's salt the what's water. salt water? Salt yeah. water. And and the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's another substitute besides the bath and the swimming in the ocean? What's something else that'll clear your clear your energy field?
1: Yeah, Karen. Walking outside in the moonlight. Maybe. Maybe, but
0: taking your clothes off and taking a sun bath will definitely do it.
1: I I was thinking it's January here and we're in the middle of a (laughs) snowstorm, so (laughs) the moon is about the best I could do. (laughs)
0: Uh, Any other ways that we know of? Just trying to think here. There's the ocean, sun bath, and and the actual bath. I think that's about it. Well, and then, of course, you can sage yourself. What's another way to clear your energy field? As long as we're thinking about saging, there's something that's similar. Drumming? Would
4: drumming do it?
0: Drumming might clear the base chakra, but I'm thinking of clearing the whole energy field at once. I'm thinking about the technique I teach with Epsom salts and high-proof alcohol, mm-hmm. the one that you have to be really careful not to light the curtains on fire with. It yeah. will also clean a room. And for those of you who are new who are looking for that, I cover that in um, probably, I'm going to guess and say level two of the course. I teach all the different ways to clear your energy field. Uh, who, who lives near a train track? Me. Uh huh. That's neat, Kathleen. We like it. So, all right. So we talked about slime. That's the most low-level uh, dark energy there is. What's next up? cording. Cording, Barbara. Absolutely. And there's good chords and there's bad chords, huh? Yes. And uh, um, probably more accurately, there are chords with both good and bad in them. Uh, what chords do you get from birth?
1: Mother chords.
0: Yeah, to which chakras do you think, Karen? Uh, uh, third and fourth, I would think. Right, right. So your parents cord you from their second, third and fourth chakras to your second, third and fourth. It sustains you, especially the umbilical cord, which is which one? Anybody want a hazard to hazard a guess here? Where is it in your body? Just think about where your navel third. is. Solar plexus. Mm-hmm. It's, pretty, it's kind of in between two and three. It's probably yeah. the third. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feeling into it in infants, that's kind of what it feels like. And, um, you know, we, we we share good things with people through our cords. We cord everyone, and everyone cords us. It's part of being human. And we get good stuff, and we, we also get bad stuff. And there are ways of... Clearing the bad stuff without losing the good stuff, which you do want to do with a loved one. You don't want to you don't want to lose the, you know their good uh, their good energy. What's one way of doing that? Somebody want to tell me?
2: The, yeah, the sweeping breath, Sweep, the sweeping breath, shamanic
0: technique. Mm-hmm. Excellent answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, we've done it a lot as a group. Uh, hopefully you guys, you know, occasionally do it yourselves at home. Never substitute for meditation, of course. It's an, it's something you would do extra, and um, and it's taught on, on the on the course someplace around level two maybe, level two or three. Uh, what about really heavy duty stuff? How would you get rid of it beyond courting? Like say um, maybe a vector. And what is a vector? Anybody
1: remember what a vector is? like a deliberate attempt to harm someone. Great answer. Negative negative energy towards yeah. them. Yeah.
0: And and you guys have, have worked uh, worked with people and worked on stage with me. What's one way of spotting a vector? What's one of the tip-offs that you've noticed?
3: They might lean back.
0: Right. Yep. Lots of times, times you'll get a kind of lean back away from the vector and you'll look at your or your friend or your client from the side and you'll see that they're behind the vertical and that's that's usually a sign that there's something a little bit that they're backing away from something in their own energy field to the extent that their body now is a little bit uh, mimicking their energy field. The vectors are fascinating. They're intentional and um, that doesn't mean that the person's conscious of doing it though they're just a lot stronger and more intentional than than courting. Um, So let's just pick an example. So like you have a a sister, she's jealous of you, so, so common with siblings, right? And so she sends you some jealousy and some negative intent through through a cord but she's not trying to take you out. A vector is more step up where she gets really jealous and decides to like destroy you or make sure you don't win that award or that you don't look good at that dance recital or something like that. It's a a more um, significant kind of negativity. And when you work uh, work a lot with me, you'll get used to feeling into them and know which one's a chord versus a vector. Again, one way to spot a vector (laughs) is the body language. If you're pulling back from something long enough, it'll start to show up in your body. So, how do we get rid of vectors, you guys? Come, Come to a workshop. workshop. <laughs> yeah, great answer. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, yeah, because they have to be removed, don't they?
2: Mm-hmm. And it
0: takes training to remove one. I'm not suggesting that you guys all run home and start removing vectors right now. Uh-huh. It does take training, but the, the more you hang out, you know, pretty soon you'll you'll be you'll definitely be ready. Okay, what's beyond that? Is there anything beyond that? That's possession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You guys seen any? You, yourselves? Any of you? Yeah, Karen,
1: tell us about it. Uh, I I was at the workshop in Atlanta a number of years ago when a young woman, uh, her husband, approached you for help. He had a car accident and felt that something had Invaded her uh, as a result of that accident. And you, you tried, there were actually a number of people on stage working with her, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't let it out all the way. But it was clear that there was, she was not entirely in control of her actions and behavior in a way. And it felt just Disgusting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't, you know, most most of the work
0: I do, I don't remember because I'm in an altered state. I might remember for an hour or two, and then I'll just remember high points of certain workshops. But I never forget vectors. I, I pardon me, possession. I forget vectors, but possession, mm-hmm. I never forget. I can remember remember them because they're pretty scary for the practitioner. Mm-hmm. You do have to be terribly careful, um, and um, you know, get a lot of training before you tinker with with one. Uh, You know, the way I was exposed to it was when I was young and I was doing my... I decided to do a thesis in my energy healing school. I was a student, like so many of you, and I was... We we had a thesis requirement, Um, and the thesis I chose to attack, to write, was a study on men of the cloth, ministers, who dealt with um, possession and... And, uh, and the opposite, which is initiations. There you're bringing in the light, possession, you're trying to take out the dark. And it was very interesting. It was really an interesting experience. Uh, and I, I was evaluating them for uh, A, authenticity, and B, safety. And the two didn't necessarily go together. The most authentic were usually the most unsafe, and, uh, um, and so on. But anyway, it's a fascinating study. But that's where I got my initial training in possession. Quite inadvertent. I wasn't trying to get trained in it, believe me. (laughs) Um, And then it seemed that for the next about 10 years, everybody who came through my practice door was dealing with some form of abuse. Like I had a sign out in front of my office that said, abused, question mark, enter here. Uh, And I began to think it was 100% of the population had been abused. It's really only about 75%. (laughs) Forget the stats. You know, it really is around 75% of the population, men and women, 75 to 80. But in any event, I was getting such a high 100% number because I was attracting the very thing I was trying to heal, which is really common. It's a really common experience. So let's take a second. We have hands in the air uh, here. We have actually questions that are coming in through the chat window. And um, we'll have our panelists tackle some of these questions. First, um, uh, Sean wants to know, is soul retrieval and initiation the same thing? And the answer is no. I'll answer that one. Soul retrieval is not the same thing as an initiation. Um, and um, second question is, um, do you do soul retrieval? And the answer is yes, and probably upcoming this year. Okay, next question is from Deborah. She wants to know about rebirthing. Does it have any spiritual value? I'm not sure, Deborah, which kind of rebirthing you're talking about. I probably need a little more information before I can answer that. Then Cindy wants to know, she says, I feel like I carry some real darkness that isn't mine. Is that possible? I'm using this program. I'm hoping I can get tools to integrate this. So let's have one of our panelists answer that question. Is it possible to carry darkness that's
4: not hers? Mm -hmm.
0: Kathleen you want to
4: tackle that? Yes it is and it's the energy that may have been given to her at some difficult encounter at some point in her life so yes she could carry it. And how would she end up with it? Why, Why is she stuck with it? It was aimed at her because it was aimed at her. Yeah but if you have
0: a really strong Plexiglass energy field—it can't get in. So how do you get in?
4: She has holes in her energy field.
0: Right. We get vulnerable. What's the one thing that makes us most vulnerable to um, creating holes in our own energy field? Fear. Fear is a good one, but as an overall answer, lack of self-love. Oh, Karen, I love that. No (laughs) pun intended. You know what? What makes holes in our field is our own dark energy that we don't deal with. Our own negativity. Jealousy, whatever. When when we can't see it and we're in denial of it, it makes us vulnerable. Pride, you know. Pick any attribute you don't want, whatever that is. That's what makes us vulnerable. That's why journaling and meditating uh, and, and workshops are so important because it's constantly helping you reevaluate. And you guys are also conscious. Everybody on this call is. But we're constantly needing to reevaluate our own behavior and figuring out our own weaknesses. And they can can stem from anything. And at the same time, always being really easy on ourselves. So our friend um, uh, Liz says, if you've worked on your shadow issue, how do you know if all the residual energy of it is out of your system, out of your energy field? Hannah, what do you think about that? Want me to repeat it?
3: how do you know? I I guess you would how you would feel would determine Great.
0: Totally. How do you feel? Do you feel clear? Do you feel happy? Or do you still feel what? Anxious, uh, depressed? Yes. Negative? Mhm. Yeah, that's the way I was able to tell is I just kept feeling better and better all the time it's incremental. I mean, you know, it's not, none of this is overnight. Once in a while you get a giant breakthrough, but most of the time they're little steps we take where we feel, we get little pieces of knowledge about ourselves, don't we? We get these aha moments where we have insights from something we read, something we heard, you know, something gives us a little, a little insight, self-knowledge. Okay, here's another question from Radhika. Hi, Radhika. She said, "Is there any way that we can that this can have a connection to a past life? I feel we bring certain aspects with us that we need to sort out and work on, and some of these could have origins in a past life." Ruth, what do you think about that?
2: I think that's possible. Mm. Totally. Mm-hmm.
1: Karen, you agree? I I agree, and 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 there, I've I've read a lot lately. Um, about how uh, belief systems and experiences are actually carried physically through your genetic structure from um, you know, one, one generation to the next. So, um, which is a little, di- a little different from past lives. But, um, um, but I think both of those mm-hmm. ways are ways that we carry the past into our present.
0: I agree, and the, the one thing I want to tell you, uh, Radhika, is I don't focus much on past lives because I not found it very beneficial to people. Rarely w- will I sense that some past life issue or object is really hampering your develop, development today. I bet it's not even one time per workshop. We're talking you know, hundreds of people, and I, I won't even see one in a workshop. That's how unimportant I believe it is. Um, But clearly, we are going from life to life. Now, I just spent um, the last week uh, creating a video uh, for you all. I'm very excited about this, by the way. I have a new chakra video course that I'm just wrapping. And um, uh, I worked a lot on the higher chakras in this course. And I'm bringing you a lot of new material that you've not considered before, and I do talk about past lives quite a bit in the chakras above, above the ninth. You'll see that I get more into that because there's no doubt that we are, in, in my own experience, we are living on multiple planes at once. It isn't consecutive. You don't have a life and then have another life and then have. Really, we're all living on multiple planes at once. Just imagine that. That, that, is, that is, I'm at this point quite sure that is what's going on. So yeah, so we're, we're solving one problem over here and then we're dealing with another problem over here. All, of, all at the same time. It's all interlocking. Pretty interesting, huh? Okay, question from our friend Linda Richards. Hi Linda. She said, I was really worried I would abuse my daughter because of her family history. So I watched what I did but I didn't see what my husband was doing. Can I change this now in my family if my husband is still doing this?" And the answer is, you bet you can, Linda. And you've already changed your whole family DNA so much. It's unbelievable, not to mention your own. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, yeah, we're delighted to reassure you that you've done amazing, amazing DNA changes. Okay, we have some hands in the air. Let's go look for those. and. Uh, Barbara Sinclair, our friend Barbara has her hand in the air. Yeah, Barbara, what's up? Oh, oh,
2: Deborah. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't really mean to raise it.
0: Too late. I was fiddling (laughs) around with the buttons. Well, now you know how it works. Well, great to hear your voice. We're all delighted to hear from you. Miss you.
3: Oh, I can't I'm wait to about see you it. And the weather tomorrow. No, I am so excited. You don't understand. <laughs> I love a good snowstorm. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. You're all curled up with a good book and everything and not I, going out huh
3: yeah, i well, I don't have to drive, and I'm hoping my new neighbors will be into playing in the snow because, yeah. yeah, hey, do you see
0: I'm coming to New Jersey in April, or is that not visible yet on my website, or have I not yet mentioned that?
3: Oh, is that the expo? Is it an expo? It is. Yeah, I
0: yeah. think it's going to go live on the website later today or early tomorrow. We're trying to get it up. But anyway, I know I'll see you there, huh?
3: Okay. Where in New Jersey is it?
0: The place that I, has the, you'll love my answer, the biggest shopping mall in the world.
3: No, I, I I can I, remember about it. My sense of geography is about as good as yours, Deborah. So well,
0: all I can tell you is it's east of the Mississippi.
3: <laughs> I know I, live, I in know live in New Jersey. I know live in New Jersey. And it's close to the airport.
0: Oh, to Newark? Yeah, it's close to yeah, Newark.
4: Yeah. All right,
0: because <laughs> you hear your voice.
4: You too. Bye.
0: And uh, another hand in the air is Becky Novak. Hi, Becky. I won't She's... be on the video, though, will I? No, no, we won't be able to see you in your 90. <laughs> no, honestly, we can't because the video is full. All right. And you would, and just so everybody knows, you have to actually uh, go down to the webcam and say, share my webcam for us to see you, and then we still have to have an opening for a panelist. So it's a two-step process. Even if you put share my webcam, if there's no opening, we won't be able to see you. Okay. The one I love is the one where it says, I get a blurb up at the top of my screen that says, people can see you on your webcam, and then I can't find it anywhere to turn it off. (laughs) That's always a lot of fun. Uh, Go ahead, Becky. What's your question?
2: I, I had a question about clearing um, energy from from that you've accumulated through someone sliming you. And there was a video that I haven't been able to find that you showed probably in the first or second level student training about the Don TN. So you're running energy. And isn't that another way to clear energy or slime? Yeah, it's not a video. It's an audio. Oh, it's an audio.
0: Well, That's why you can't find it. Okay. Um, it's an audio, and it's um, I can't tell you which week of which level it is because things got moved around when they were moved from one one uh, location to another. But it's definitely there. It would be in a week called.
4: Um, anybody remember the name of that meditation? Is it the microcosmic orbit?
0: Oh, Kathleen, That's it. you get yeah. the red star. Yes. <laughs> Microcosmic uh, orbit is where you'll find that, Becky. Okay. You just go look in the outline of the weeks.
2: Well, I've been practicing it whenever I felt I needed it or even Good when you know. my energy was low. Uh huh. Um, so I was just wondering if you would have considered that among those things you mentioned with the totally. uh, bathing. Yes. Oh yeah
0: that's a great answer by the way. Microcosmic orb- orbit is great for negative energy. It clears your energy field. It's a way of doing like a martial art like like a meditation you know you, it's a cross between something like a qigong and meditating. It's sort of in between the two. It's, it has elements of both and definitely will clear and charge your field definitely.
1: Thank you. yeah. Deborah, does, does the meta practice also help clear your field? Yes, mm. yes,
0: another great uh, practice. Okay, let's get another uh, hand in the air here. How about, is it Janaki? Janaki, you have a question Hi. for us in the panel? Hi, Deborah. Hi. Hi. Oh, great that you can hear me. Um.
2: I, th- there are some problems that we had in our family from uh, child
3: abuse and I feel up my parents and maybe me too have uh, some wall around our heart uh, chakra. And every time when I
0: think that I deal with it, there is something happens and the time
2: between it's longer, but it's so hard to, to how do you say it, to, um, yeah, to, to heal it.
0: Uh Uh-huh, but it looks to me like you're really on this, like you have quite a bit of, I'm looking at your energy field, you have quite a bit of um, spiritual connection. I know. You you personally do, Uh uh-huh, so you're going to be, like so many of our panelists, you're going to be spearheading a change in family dynamic, family history, family future history, the future, as well as DNA. This is all going to come from your consciousness. You can make this big of a a change in your own family, you guys. You can Why is there some some things that happened in the past? Why is it coming back between my and my daughter? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I think that's going to even out a little bit, okay? What do you mean? Even out, get better. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm seeing. It's going to get better. So glad that you uh, raised your hand. We love having you. Thank you. I'm so happy that I that you're helping me on this journey with everything. Great. all right. Hey, I would have lots of more hands in the air. I wish I could call on you all, but we are almost out of time. Um, just a couple of reminders of um, things that are upcoming. I mentioned Hawaii. Wish you all could join us there, and I mentioned. Uh, New Jersey. The town is Somerset. I just thought of it, Barbara Sinclair. But uh, just just a heads up. I'm I'm and I'm just going to tiptoe over here to the website because I don't have this uh, totally in my head yet. But this is just for the next few months. I will also be in. Um, and I hope you know if you're in the in the area, I would love to see you you know in person. Um, I'm also going to be in San Mateo in April for the New Living Expo and Minneapolis in March. Um, There's a a symposium there. Uh, Both expo and uh, speaking engagements but as well as workshops. So this would be, if you're trying to find me in a small workshop you really ought to take a look at some of these. Um, This would be a great place to catch me. And my all-time favorite would be Celebrate Your Life in Chicago in early June. I want to really encourage everybody to meet me there. It's going to be maybe one of the most outstanding events of this year. I'm pretty excited about it. All right. Hey, guys, it's been just great being with you. Let's give a big thanks to our panelists who um, are so willing to step up to the plate with no knowledge of what today's topic was. So it's daunting, but you guys are getting so good at this, and look how you knew all the answers. I'm I'm so impressed. I really am. All right, everybody. Until we see you again, I'm sure it will be soon. You all take care.